That was great, wasn't it? All right, and uh, I've got a, a rowdy crowd this morning, don't I? You guys are ready to go. So we've got some people that are willing to play some reindeer games, right? Look what I've got right here. I need four people, two teams. Who's going to do it? Josh and Ariane? Yeah, I think you guys will make great. Give Josh and Ariane a hand. And I think Brad and Melanie. Come on up here, you guys. Yep, you just got chosen. God chooses us, right? So I get to choose you. All right, here you go. Everybody's got to put this on. Humble, your, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. <laughs> okay. There you go. Got to put that on. So we'll take Josh and Ari Oh, you tie it under your cute little chin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, tie it on. I think you need to wear this out on the golf course, Brad. All right. So... Oh, it's backwards? I think Brad's is. <laughs> but that's okay. All right, so you guys stand over here. You're going to watch this, this team. Okay. They'll go first. And you have a bit of an advantage because whoever goes first is kind of trial and error, right? What, what, what are we doing? So what you're doing is stand apart. One come over here. And Arian, you come over here. We've got to have you out there so we can see you. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll have Josh. You sit, see that little black thing right there? There? And, all right. Now, what do you think they've got to do? They're going to have 40 seconds. I'm ready. And we're going to see which team, which team can, can hoop the most. So, do they both do it? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah, at the same time, I think that'll give a good little spin on it. And, okay, and here's the thing. If, you, if, you, if they fall on the ground, you can pick the ones up off of the ground inside your 40 seconds, okay? 40 seconds. What you guys don't know is we were practicing last night. <laughs> 40 seconds. Oh, wait a minute. Don't step up above me. There you go. Got to keep our eye on these guys. 40 seconds on the clock. Look up there. Reindeer roundup. 40 seconds. Here we go. Ready? Go. Okay. Oh. oh, yeah, you can move. You can move. Oh! 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 You're just throwing up Oh, you guys I'm a look. Scared. 
You look ready. Okay, move back to that little thing right there in breath. Okay, 40 seconds. You've got to get at least five. You ready? Five to win. Here we go. Go.
Father, we come here this morning to adore you, to worship you, Lord, and to thank you for your great love for us. Father, we thank you for uh, that some 2,000 years ago when you sent your one and only son to come and live and die for us, Father, so that we could be in relationship with you. So, Father, we ask today that you would be with all those who are here in this room worshiping, out in the cafe, our children, our students, those that worship with us online. God, we pray that your spirit would just move among us today, that you would open our hearts to receive all that you have for us, Lord. Pray that you bless the message today, the messenger, and and uh, Father, we're just excited and anticipating a great day today and tonight and tomorrow in our all of our Christmas Eve services. Father, we just ask, God, that you would reign from on high and fill our hearts with joy, the joy of this season in spite of those things around us that have a tendency to uh, take us uh, to down during days like these. So, Father, we praise you, we honor you, and we thank you today that we can experience your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 You can be seated. Welcome to church today. Did you get thrown off a little bit with the chair arrangement today? Yeah, we just thought we'd trick you a bit. Uh, but <laughs> it was for our Christmas uh, service on Thursday night, and so... We're glad that you're all here today. If you're a guest, uh, we're excited about you choosing to be here with us today. And uh, if you're here for the first time, uh, we'd love for you to stop by our first time uh, Christmas tree out there and pick up a little gift and uh, as a token of our appreciation for you being here today. And uh, we appreciate that. If you are uh, a regular attender, we are also glad that you're here today as always, and we appreciate that. And uh, we're going to take our tithes and offerings in just a few moments, and it's our time to give back to God for all that he has done for us. And if we know him as our personal Savior, uh, he has done an incredible, an incredible amount of, shown us an incredible amount of love and has given us his life and uh, so that we can enjoy eternal life. So give us unto the Lord today. If you're a guest, don't feel any obligation to give, uh, but we do, if the Lord lays on your heart to give, that would be awesome as well. We've got a connection card in your program. We'd love for everyone to fill that out. It's our way of keeping up with people to know that you're here or not here. And also our Facebook check-in is a very important part of what we do at Salem Fields is check-in on Facebook. So uh, we'd appreciate if you have your phone today, you check in on any of your social media uh, that you may use. We're coming up to the end of the year. And the end of the year, some of you have a lot of money that you want to give. And uh, <laughs> we don't want you to forget your church and all that giving. And so if you have a year-end gift that you want to get in so that for tax purposes, uh, we would uh, love to accommodate that for you. And you can uh, give in many ways. Just give before the end of the year, the 31st of, of, uh, of December, uh, by midnight, so that it's a legal gift for 2018 with the IRS. And uh, we would appreciate that. Your year-end giving, anything you give above and beyond uh, in your year-end giving will go toward uh, others will give all that away for our missions offering, our Thanksgiving offering. And uh, so as you give, um, don't look other places just before you look to your church and give us a little bit of all that you have to give away. Our, <laughs> our Christmas Eve services are begin tonight at 6 o'clock, and we have services tonight and tomorrow night at 6 and 8. Now the Christmas Eve services will be different than today's service, and uh, we're excited about that. You still have time to invite your friends. I read a survey this week from um, Lifeway Ministries that 60% uh, of all people will come to a Christmas Eve service, and 57% of those don't come 
would come if someone would invite them, a friend would invite them and come with them. So you still have time today and tomorrow to invite a friend to come with you or friends. So let's all be about, uh, about that. Next weekend, our services, once again, we'll have a Saturday night service at 6 o'clock. And our weekend Sunday service, we'll only have one service. And that will be at 1030 as well. And uh, we'll have a celebration service that day. Uh, we normally have that on the fifth Sunday, on Sunday evening. But we decided to uh, shake it up a little bit and do a little something different. And we're going to have that on Sunday morning. And so if you're interested in being baptized and you've never been baptized, which is a command of our Lord that we all be baptized. And he set the example for us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you've never been baptized, it would be your next step of faith and spiritual growth would be to be baptized. You can put that on your connection card today that you'd like to be baptized, and we will be in touch with you about that. And also if you have children, uh, babies that you'd like to dedicate unto the Lord, we would love to uh, be able to do that and be a part of that. It's a great time. Uh, dedicating When we dedicate our children to the Lord, what we're saying to the Lord, Lord, by faith, we believe that this child one day will kneel and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. So um, we'd love for you to sign that, sign your child up on, uh, your name up on the connection card as well. So uh, pictures with Santa uh, today right after the service. If you got, uh, like your picture with Santa, you know, I went, we went to a couple malls. People line up to do that. And you pay for it uh, by standing in line and also with cash. Uh, so we're doing it for free. And Santa Claus, I don't know if he's here yet, but he will be here. And uh, we'd love for you to be able to participate in that. Uh, first week uh, is our annual every year on the first week of January, the first full week, which would be the 6th, I think, of January. We will start our first week, which is just the time where we take uh, Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, we're ending on Tuesday this year, uh, to, to just put Christ first in our new year. So be a part of those services. It'll be Saturday night, Sunday morning, at, uh, and uh, all those services will be different, and then two on Monday and Tuesday. We'll have one speaker on uh, Sunday night, or this week, on the weekend is Nate Burns, and then we have two speakers, uh, uh, different speakers on one speaker on Monday night, and a different speaker on Tuesday night. And so we appreciate you put that on your calendar. Enjoy worship today. We're really, really glad that you're here. And we hope we don't see you again this uh, Christmas season, that you have a Merry Christmas. But be sure, let's work on inviting our friends to Christmas Eve. stars are brightly shining it is the night of our dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul Oh. 
Isn't that beautiful? How about Elphus? <laughs> That's Santa Claus's best friend, you know, Elphus Presley. <laughs> well, we're still in our series called Stable Matters because what happened in that stable that we celebrate this time of year really, really matters. Some 2,000 years ago, in the midst of some really difficult, terrible, unbearable circumstances, joy was dropped right in the midst. Joy was delivered from heaven to earth, right in the midst of some crap. Now, if you're uncomfortable with that word crap, it's very meaningful to me today because probably some of the things that you're going through in your life right now seem like some really difficult, awful, crappy circumstances. But here's the thing, even in the midst of that, no matter what's going on in your life, you can have joy. You can have joy. 
And that's what we're going to talk about here today. And I'd love for you to kind of insert yourself into the circumstances of your life. No matter what's going on, maybe they're wonderful, maybe they're not. But, you know, this Christmas season, there are a lot of spins on Christmas, isn't there? I mean, some of us connect it with our faith. It's very important to us because it's kind of the core and the foundation of our faith. Some people get into the warm and fuzzy. I happen to. I've got nice little Christmas lights around my house, and I love when it gets dark, and it's just beautiful, and the lights on my deck, and I love my neighbor's lights. I don't care how big and gaudy they are. I love them. <laughs> it's warm and fuzzy here. Even that little story that we saw right there in the bumper, it's warm and fuzzy, isn't it? Some people put a spin on it in that way. Some people find it annoying. I mean, the traffic, I was just talking, I don't think traffic is as bad because so many people are shopping online, maybe. You know, buddy came home the other day and he said, I was really shocked. Walmart and traffic was not as bad as it normally is. And I think it's because we've got Amazon and everything online, right? I don't know. But that's a spin. Some people are just annoyed at this time of year. And some people think it's the most wonderful time of year. So here's a spin that some children put on this story. Watch this. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. <laughs> then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> said, we have no rooms, literally no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angel said, a new baby is getting born who is king of the Jews. The angel was singing. Glorious. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes. Maybe have to camp out a night. Then the wife then heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers and some wipes and some milk. 
some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, pink, and platinum. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> new baby is gonna change the world. <laughs> now that is a spin on Christmas, isn't it? And they had some tough circumstances too. Think about it, Mary had to do laundry without a washing machine. Can you imagine that? And the wise men had to get some milk and some diapers and some Jordans for that baby. I mean, that's tough. That's tough situations. But there is a little truth buried in there and I don't know if you caught it because it was at the very end. And they said, this baby is gonna change the world. You see, we put all kinds of spin, and I got a real kick out of that nativity quiz that we did. The first week we did it, I got such a kick out of it. I got to, okay, let me just warn you, I got to stay away from the camera because the star is right in my face, and so I got to be conscious of that for online. Okay, everybody say, hey, online. <laughs> okay, where was I? Um, oh, the quiz, yeah, thank you. The first week that I did it, I thought it was just going to be a fun little thing, and it was very profound because it showed me how much we add and subtract, and so I did it another week, and it was amazing to me how we really listen to a story and we kind of accept things, a lot of things that aren't even in the Bible, and we put our own spin on this story and, you know, we talked about how Mary, really, in the Bible, it doesn't say that she rode a donkey. She rode a golf cart. What are they thinking? <laughs> That's not in the Bible. And names of angels, you know, we thought we, we knew the, the names of the angels, and we found out that we didn't so much. And, and the, the wise men were really not wise men at all. They were magi. And they came two years later, and, and the reality, I saw one lady right over in here, and her mind was like, everything I believed about this story is, is that you're saying it's not true. But there's a little bit of truth tucked away in all of this madness and in all of this, and it's this. This baby came to change the world. That's that little bit of truth that's tucked in there. And we don't want to miss that profound truth. Jesus came in the midst of some really crappy circumstances to change our hearts. He came to change the world because when a, a man and a woman's heart is changed, the world changes. And that's why he came. So here's the thing. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. When you're in the middle of some crappy circumstances, some things in your life aren't going the way you want them to go, and probably everybody in this room has one thing in their life, something's not going the way you want it to. And it has the potential of stealing every piece of joy that you have. But in spite of all of that, in spite of whatever's going on in your life, you can have a constant 
and abiding joy. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But the first thing we have to talk about is the difference. It's really important that you know the difference. Oh, let me just say this. Boy, did I need this message this week. I'm telling you, I've spent time with God, and he really revealed some things to me that have been really revolutionary in my heart. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to know the difference between happiness and joy. They're not the same thing. They're different. Happiness is an emotion, okay? And your, your happiness is going to go up and down based on your circumstances. You're going to look at your circumstances. They're not going, if something's not going very well, you're going to be down. You're going to be unhappy. If things are re going really great, you're going to be up. And what that means is we're chasing happiness. We're focused on our circumstances because our life and our emotions are going up and down based on how our perception of how we're judging that circumstance in our life. If I don't like what's happening, if my child isn't doing what they want me to do, I'm, I'm ticked off. If things are going great, if I just uh, had a promotion at work, then I'm up. That's happiness. That's life based on circumstances. That's life lived by emotion and feeling. And God gave us our emotions. He wants us to be up and he wants us to be down. But it's a roller coaster if we're allowing that to lead our life. That's an emotion. That's happiness. God gave us that emotion and it's, it's, it's wonderful to have. But when circumstances aren't going well, then people will go down, down, and before they know it, they find themselves in depression. And before they know it, they lose hope and give up. And we've all been there. We've all been to that point. And what happens is you become a victim of your circumstances. Your circumstances are determining how you're living your life. That's happiness. That's emotion. That's chasing happiness. Now, joy is very, very different. Important to separate this in our minds. Joy is very different. Joy is a constant source of delight. If you look it up in Webster, it'll, one of the definitions will say a source of delight. Joy is a source of delight deep within our soul. And it is not based on our circumstances. It's not based on that crappy stuff that's happening that's not going the way that we want it to. It's not based on that. It's not based on our feelings. We're not up or down, We're, but it, it, we base it on a very different set of values. And it's like this well, this deep well inside of us that never goes dry because at any moment in our life, we can draw from that well of joy. It's constant. It's not dependent on things going well or things going bad. It's just there, and it's constant, and it's abiding, and, and it's available to everybody, the homeless, the wealthy, all races, all genders, all any ethnicity. It's available to anyone. It's that little bit of truth tucked in the middle of a bunch of difficult situations and circumstances in our life. And here's the key verse. 
You say, well, how do I find that? How do I get that well? How do I have that constant joy that I can draw from at any time? And how can I live a life that's not up and down and roller coaster all the time? Well, I'm, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to look at this verse. It says, take delight in the Lord. Now look at this. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, have you ever heard that expression, we get the cart before the horse? We do that, don't we? And horses don't do well pushing carts, <laughs> and carts don't do well moving without a horse, right? But this verse represents that. Because we live our lives thinking, oh God, and we go to him in prayer and say, God, would you give me this? Or it's a good thing. Would you give me a, a good marriage? Would you give me, and, and we go to him and ask for, would you give me that promotion? Or would you just give me the strength to get through this difficult time? And it's good things. But our focus is on going to the, to the Lord and asking him to give us the desires of our heart. That's the cart. And we put the cart before the horse. You see, what happens when he doesn't come through with that thing that you're asking him for? And you say, well, God, this is a good thing. I, I just, I just want to be a better parent or I just want it, to, it's a good thing that I'm asking for here. But what happens when financially things aren't going well? Or physically in your life, things aren't going well? Or there's a relationship problem that you have and that person that you're dealing with is, just won't change. How can that not take you down? You see, we don't understand. We, we want good things. Like maybe a single person wants that soulmate and is praying, God, would you just send that person into my life? Or maybe money's tight. And you say, this is for my children. I just want my children to have, have it better. Or, or we want some relief from an addiction. God, I have suffered with this. Please help me with this. You see, we're focusing on the desires of our heart. And the desires of our heart might be a very, very good thing. Usually they are. That's what can trip us up. Or, or God, I just, my wayward child is just out there. Would you bring him or her back to the Lord? Or you might have a difficult spouse, and that spouse just will not do what you want them to do. Or you might have a huge, tragic loss in your life. But you see, we get mad. We get mad at God. I just had someone this week say, I, I, I got mad at God. And we get frustrated because God won't do what we want. He could change it. He's all powerful. You ever get mad at God? <laughs> I have. But he doesn't. And it steals your joy. You don't have joy. You're in the midst of those crappy circumstances and you definitely lose hope. And life seems really difficult. I want to remind you, you're putting the cart before the horse. And you're chasing happiness. And your focus is going to that child or to that circumstance or that thing that's good in your life that you really want. So we've got to switch it up. We've got to put the horse before the cart. And you know what the horse is in this verse? What? 
delight in the Lord. Now this doesn't make sense because it doesn't seem like we're doing anything. It doesn't seem like we're, we're asking for anything. But joy is delivered to you by taking delight in joy. You see, that baby, Jesus, who came to change us, the one that we're celebrating this time of year, the one that's tucked, that was tucked and delivered and dropped right in the middle of some really crappy circumstances, that baby, that Jesus, is joy. You see, something happens that you cannot see when you switch your focus from all of that to delighting in the Lord. A relationship with Jesus begins to form. You learn to know him better because he's there for you. And you can hear this still, small voice if you'll slow down and if you begin to listen. And your confidence will begin to develop in that relationship. And your values will begin to change because you will value that moment. Oh my goodness, God, I've just met with you. You're tucked in there in the middle of all of this stuff that's going on in my life. There you are. And you'll begin to adore his presence in that moment. And you'll begin to sense his love for you. And you'll learn not to listen to that voice that's straight from hell, that's telling you something that is not true at all. Like you're not worthy or you're not valuable or you're not lovable. That's straight from hell. You'll begin to discern that sweet, small voice that says, I love you. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to lose it. It's there for you. And when you begin to bask in that, the things of earth begin to fade and you begin to value. I want those moments. Now, I can't be in them all the time because I got to get up and I got to go to work. But it changes everything because that's what he came for, to change us. When we begin to delight in the Lord, everything changes when we begin to delight in joy, we develop this deep wellspring that we can call on at any time. It's not up or down based on what's going on in our life. And we begin to experience that power to overcome the temptation, those, those things that are tearing us down, the way we're treating other people or the way, whatever we're doing in our life that's just eroding us. The fear. It begins to fade. It's not we're over here working to make my fear go away. No, we're over here. I'm not over here praying, God, take my fear away. No, we're over here delighting in being in God's presence and knowing that he has everything it takes, everything it takes for me to overcome. When we begin to delight, I just have a sense that we change we change, delight in the Lord. The fear of what other people think of you will begin to, to fade. You see, these become the desires within your heart when you take delight in him 
See, that's the horse. That's the horse that pulls the cart because the promise is when we delight in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. Now, if we're delighting in the Lord, okay, Lord, I'm delighting in you. Now I want you to give me what I want. Nope, that's not what it is. It's not how it works. Because God does something spiritual. God does something deep within us when we're delighting in him. It doesn't make sense to us because we're not doing something. And we're doers, aren't we? We like to do something or fix something, and we can stand back and see the project and say, wow, it's all done. No, that's not how this works. When we delight in him, then things begin to fade. And no longer are you a victim of those things that are happening in your life. Now you are equipped to work on them, to deal with them, because you have a completely different viewpoint of what relationship is like or what your relationship with the Lord is like. Now you're equipped. It doesn't mean that we avoid looking at those things in our life or the things that we, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that we're equipped in a completely different way because we've spent time with the Lord and he's changed our heart and our values have changed and we begin to live out those values. I was preparing this message and I'm so passionate about this because God's been doing that in me this week. This is so raw and so real in my life because there's something in my life that I've been praying for for 45 years. I know my mom did for my, for my, uh, my brother. She prayed for him from the day he was born until the day that she died. And she never got to see him come to the Lord. There's something in my life that I've been praying. And I'm saying, Lord, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. And as I was preparing this message, it was like I stopped. And I, I constantly call on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me because I don't want to say anything outside of what your word says. And it was though the Lord said to me, he said, yay, get that horse before the cart. Get your focus off of all those good things that you want and begin to delight in me. So you know what I did, right? I got up and I took a walk. Or maybe I went out in my car and put the top down in 37 degree weather. <laughs> this is what I do. I delight in the Lord when that top is down in that cold weather. And I begin to draw from this well, this constant abiding joy. No answers, no fixes but I was in the presence of the Lord. And we had some good conversations right there. You see, taking delight in the Lord looks straight into the manger. And it doesn't see the cold trough. It doesn't smell the stench of the animal's poop. There it is. <laughs> no, all of that is still there right? But joy looks in that manger, cuts through to what's tucked right inside of there and sees the face of God. Don't miss those moments. We've got to slow down and listen and be concerned 
that it's there. Joy is there. It's tucked right in there in the midst of all of that stuff that you have to deal with, whether it's commute or an addicted child or whatever it is. Joy is tucked in there somewhere. But only you can deny yourself joy. Only you. By getting too busy and trying to fix things and getting your eyes on those things that you want that you don't have, all those good things. But I can promise you, God will speak to you. It might be through a message like this. Or, and this is an unlikely way, through the harsh comments of a spouse or a child. There's a kernel of truth in everything that someone says. We just have to sort through it. It may be a message that God wants you to hear. It may be through a spouse or a child. It may be through a song or a prayer. It may be in the most unusual way, but you gotta be watching for it. But I can promise you on the authority of God's word that this tiny truth, this baby boy, this savior, a king, Joy can change your life. That was the little truth, the little kernel of truth that we heard. This baby's going to change the world. See, no one can do this for you but you. Fixating on the circumstances will only rob you of your joy. Delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. And you know what it says in Nehemiah? It says, don't grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you're vulnerable and you're weak and you don't know which way to turn, delight in the Lord, and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. No joy, no strength. You see, Jesus came to earth that my joy and your joy would be full. Our well can be full of joy. Is that the message that we believers are communicating to a lost and dying world that has never experienced that kind of joy? Even in the middle of some harsh realities of your life, Joy is sown and activated when you delight in him. You guys get that? Let that go deep in your heart. Begin to establish that joy well. Now we're going to have some fun. Come on out, Jody. All right, so you guys know that little song, I've got the joy, 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 joy. You know that one? Okay, your job is to shout where, okay? Let me hear you say it. Okay, here you go. Jody and I, we've been singing these little songs since she was a tiny little kid. You ready? Yep. If you want to sing along with us, you can. But you've got to do where? Ready? Yeah. Okay, now, (laughs) here we go. Come up here. You got to get up here with the people. All right. Okay. They should stand. Yeah, okay, let's stand. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to say, 
I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. Down in my heart to say. This verse is for the rebellious kids. Ready? I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart to stay. Yay! You can be seated. Now, Jody is available to teach that third verse to you after the service if you would like her to. Because I thought I was really, really good when I had the piece that passes understanding. I thought that was really fast. And then she did that, and it was like, what? <laughs> the whole point of that is our second point, that joy's home is your heart. Joy's home is your heart, and I'm just going to give you a couple of scriptures. First of all, a joyful heart is good medicine. Everybody goes out and takes a whole bunch of prescription medicines, and all you have to do is find that joy well. You understand that? Sometimes the medicine that we take, put it aside and discover your joy well. Because the Bible clearly says it is good medicine, but a crushed spirit focusing on those other things, the circumstances, dries up the bones. You've felt dry bones before, haven't you? It's because we're focusing in the wrong area. We've got our cart before our horse. The second one is, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Now, this comes out of the Old Testament. And when they had grain, when the Israelites had grain and wine, it was like overflowing and it was wonderful. And there was nothing better for them when they would have that kind of harvest. But it says here, God, you've put that joy in my heart, and it's even better than all of that that we look to every day. Wow, we miss this, don't we? And how about this one? Though you have not seen him, this is in Peter, the New Testament, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Does that mean that if we're not filled with inexpressible and glorious joy, that we're only saying we believe in him? We're only saying that. That's not going to be real contagious out there in our world. But this joy, this joy that can only come from him, everybody wants that. And we can have it. And here's one. Joy always wins. But look at my little tagline there. But getting there isn't a picnic because you have to go through. The, you have to muck crap. It's still there. Look at this quote. This was a theologian. He said this. He said, you and I were created for joy. And if we miss it, we miss the reason for our existence. So many people say, what is my purpose? Well, right here, to have joy so we can unexpressibly pour that into our world through us, through a changed heart. If our joy is honest joy, it must somehow be congruous with human tragedy. This is the test of joy's integrity. Is it compatible with pain? Because there's going to be pain and troubles in our life. 
Is your joy compatible with that? Or is it stolen and robbed because of that? See, this is the test of joy's integrity. Is it compatible with pain? Only the heart that hurts has a right to joy. Now, here's the bittersweet news. Unfortunately, because joy's heart is in, uh, joy's home is in our heart, joy and pain have to coexist. You know, you've seen the bumper sticker, coexist. Talk about this. Joy and pain can coexist. You see, as long as we live in this world, we're going to have problems. There are going to be people we don't get along with. They'll go, they live kind of by a different value system. There are going to be people that grate on our nerves. There are going to be situations at work that are going to get us down. As long as we live, we're going to have those problems. Like Joseph, he had to endure the humiliation of taking care of a woman that was carrying a baby that wasn't his. In that day, it was extremely humiliating. That was emotional pain. Joseph was carrying emotional pain. Or like Mary, she had the physical pain of labor and delivery. Now, ladies, we know if you've had a baby, you know what this is all about. Ouch, it hurts. (laughs) But you put on top of that some really, really difficult circumstances like she had to deliver in. A stinky stable with animals all around and no drugs. (laughs) I mean, it was was tough. (laughs) That's how it was, though. Or like Jesus that was born so that he would endure a really cruel cross. Thorns dug down into his head. That was his purpose. To carry the weight of our guilt and our shame so we wouldn't have to. All to save us. All to be here today to be talking about how that baby can change our heart. And joy can live in our heart. You see, joy comes with a price. Here's a great quote. It says, every affliction comes with a message from the heart of God. Are you reading those difficult things in your life as a way for God to get through to you? That maybe that pain is necessary in order for you to experience the fullness of joy. Well, Jesus said this. He said, if you obey my commands, and what does that mean? Love God, love people, love yourself. It's pretty simple what Jesus said. He said, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy, Jesus said that when we look in that, in that manger, we, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What kind of spin are you putting on this story? What have you added or subtracted or kind of made it into something that fits what you want? It's, that's not the kind of story it is. Do you complain to others about how crappy your situation is? 
the trouble that you're going through physically or financially? Is that what others are hearing from you? Or are you delighting in the Lord? Are you reflecting joy? Are you saying, oh man, I got this thing going on, but wow, I've just taken some time to delight in the Lord. And I can tell you that's what I can tell you today. Because I've got this thing going on. And the Lord quietly said to me, delight in me, gay. So I have been. Has that situation changed? Not really. No. And I still need to tend to it because it's a situation in my life. But am I drawing from my well? You better believe I am. We had a uh, party last night. I've lived in this community for 24 years. And I think this was the first party where everybody got together. I have a neighbor up on the corner, and she and I have a relationship that's only this. Every time I turn the corner, she waves and I wave. And we finally talked, and she had uh, all of our community last night. It was really neat. But I've lived in this community for 24 years, and I've watched uh, kids be born, and now they're off to college. And some of them came back, and it's, it's a beautiful thing because we have this relationship going. But I saw this one house. Up, I don't really know their name, but I saw uh, a wheelchair ramp. You, do you notice when wheelchair ramps are built? And I noticed this wheelchair ramp was built, and I went, oh, we're getting old. <laughs> and uh, I knew someone in there was now having to use a wheelchair ramp. So I went up, and I was a little stalker the other night. I was hoping that person didn't see me because I thought, I'm going to get in trouble here. And then this is what I saw. You know how that, you know what that speaks to me? That says joy anyway. When I saw those lights, you know, our community exploded with Christmas lights and it was beautiful. But that one caught my eye. Yeah, he still has to be in a wheelchair. But I'll tell you what, to me, that said joy anyway. And every now and then you run across someone like that. You know, and I got to tell you this little story. I was out walking the other day. And in the distance, I saw this man all by himself. There was no one around, but he was on crutches. And he had, you know, they had the arm bands, and he was on crutches. And he was, he was going like this. And in my heart, it just saddened. And I thought, man, do I respect that man for putting forth the effort in his condition to come out. He can sit set in front of the window and just kind of be there, you know? But no, he decided he was gonna take his crutches and he was gonna take a walk. And I saw him in the distance and my heart was overflowing and I was thinking, I wanna tell that man that that's awesome that you're willing to get out here and not just let that physical stuff get you down, but, but you're doing that. And, and so I got closer and I saw that he had one of those squeeze balls in his hand, so I knew this was so difficult for him. And I went up to him and I 
took my earbuds out and I took my sunglasses off and I just wanted to tell him that. And I put my hand out to him. And he said, he could barely speak. And I thought that he said, I've had a seizure. But in reality, he was speaking Spanish. (laughs) I couldn't understand what he was saying. And here's what I know in Spanish. Gloria Dios. Gloria Dios. So I said that to him. I said, Gloria Dios. And he pulled me close. And he put his arm around me. And he prayed for me. And he had a smile on his face. And I saw the heart of God. That's what happens when you delight in the Lord. And you move beyond all that stuff. I've been practicing that this week. It's part of my life now. I will never go back because the desire of my heart has changed. Not about those things that need to change, but about experiencing the presence of God any time that I tend to get down or I tend to get my eyes on those things. They're not going to go away. But now I'm better equipped to deal with all of it. Delight in the Lord. I want to leave you with the simple truth of Christmas story. This baby came to change your world because he came to change your heart because he knew that if man and woman's heart changed, the world would change. And so during this time, that's what we focus on. The only person that can deny you joy is you. He's there. He's tucked away. He's available for every single human being. Take delight in the one, the only one that can fill your soul. Take delight in the one that became like us so that we could become like him. You have to push through a lot of crap. But he gives you the power. Joy was delivered to earth from heaven. Dropped right into the heart of some crappy circumstances. My question for you today is will you welcome him into your heart? Will you make room for him in those stinky, dark, ugly places inside of your heart that you don't want anyone else to see, that you've tucked away down there, hope that nobody sees and kind of pretend that it's not there? Are you willing to open your whole heart? Because this baby can change your world. Let's just take a few moments
to be very much in the presence of God. His presence is here. Let him speak to your heart. applause is for that baby Jesus, that he touched your heart, that you opened the doors of your heart for him to flood in there, to give you that wellspring of joy that nothing can take away, nothing can rob unless you allow it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. I thank you, Jesus for your presence here right now. God, I thank you for that small, tiny truth that was inserted to our earth just for each one of us here today. And Father, while there are things in our lives that we really want good things, Father, I just confess to you, I want everyone to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior, but that's something that I'm not gonna 
be able to have because I know, Lord, that not everybody will accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So, Lord, I'm just going to delight in you. I'm just going to focus on you, and I'm going to leave that to you. I'm going to lay it at your feet. God, I will do my part. And so I just want to give you opportunity here this morning. Maybe you've never welcomed him into your heart. This could be the most explosive, colorful Christmas that you could ever have. Because joy is making a home in your heart. God loved us so much that he sent joy to this earth. That anybody, anybody that would respond and receive him into their life would have eternal joy. That's what the Bible says. God loved us that much. And Jesus' purpose to, be, to come to this earth was for you and I so that he would die on the cross so that we won't have to. And when we accept him, when we admit that there have been places in our heart that have not been given over to him, he forgives us and he purifies us. He purifies our heart. Mother Teresa said, they asked her, they said, how do you do this? And she said, when you have a pure heart, you can see the face of God in other humans. I want to be like that. So, Father, thank you for what you taught me this week. Thank you for the moments that I spent with you. I pray for every person here, Lord, that they have accepted and received you as their personal Savior. Let me just give you opportunity right now with eyes closed and heads bowed, no one peeking because we know we have peekers. We just want a holy moment right here so that no one has to be embarrassed. If you want to accept Jesus Christ, that baby, into your life right now, would you just raise your hand and put it right back down? Thank you. Thank you. If you haven't made a place, thank you. If you haven't made a place in your heart for him, you can do that. And just say, God, I welcome you. Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. Forgive me. I know that I've sinned against you. And I ask for your forgiveness. Father, I pray that each one of us leave this place and understand how to delight in the Lord and the desires of our heart, the promise that you've given us will be there. Thank you for each person here, each person online. Thank you, God, for the children. May they learn about Jesus and carry him all the way through their lives. And we give you all the glory. I thank you once again, Lord, for what you did for us. In Jesus' name we pray.